Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jeff Newbarth. And welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast. We're going live today. Forget recording all this stuff. Jeff here, Adam Hadwin, joining us for the most ornate, decorated studio I've ever Thank seen. What, well done on that. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. This is the, uh, I don't know what color it is, but it's my basement wall downstairs. So I got some, some privacy. Excellent. Well, that makes sense because you have you have dogs, you have children, you you have a lot yep. going on in your life, and uh, you get a little bit of a break right now from PGA Tour golf. We're going to talk to Adam about what he's doing during that break. No, uh, we're going to take your questions most importantly. So if you're on our Facebook feed, please leave your questions for Adam, and we will do our best to get all of them answered. And uh, I'll just start with a few that I have first. What, what have you been doing, sort of? Uh, during you know the four stoppage, I saw you at the players. Uh, what feels like years and years ago, uh, yeah. played one round and then got out of there. What what's things been like for you since? Yeah, um, yeah, that was such a crazy week. Um, but uh, we've been hanging out in Wichita, Kansas. My wife's from Kansas, uh, Wichita here, so she's got all her family uh, in the area. But I mean, not much. Um, kind of like everybody else right now, we're trying to stay as low as possible, only go out when we need to. Um, we've got a pond just off the backyard. So we do some fishing, um, taking the dog for a walk. Um, and then as you mentioned, I got a little, she'll be 12 weeks old tomorrow. So she keeps us pretty busy in the house. Um, but other than that, yeah, just kind of some quality family time during this break. What's it like for, you know, pro golfers are so routine based and, and especially someone like you who has the fortunate ability to set your schedule, you know, where you're going to play and when you're going to play. What's it been like just with the uncertainty? I mean, we were just talking before we started this about we have no idea when you guys are going to come back. Yeah, seriously. Um, well, the only certainty right now is how much time I'm going to be spending on the couch when I get up in the morning. Um, so I plan for that quite nicely. Uh, but, uh, you know, I kind of kind of looking at the date right now of that May 18th, that week of Colonial. Um, as of right now, that would be our targeted start date. So, um it's almost kind of viewed a little bit uh, when you have delays at a golf tournament. So sometimes, you know, like Torrey Pines is, is um, notorious for fog or pebble or something like that. And, you know, they keep telling you, okay, well, we're going to go in 45 minutes or we're going to go in an hour and they keep kind of adding time to that. Well, this feels a little bit like that. Obviously it's an extended period of time. So I'm kind of looking at that May 18th as a start date and in my head sort of formulating, okay, I've got X amount of time to just sit back, enjoy the family, fish, do what I need to do. And then as that date starts to get closer and we don't have any, you know, nothing changes, then I'll start preparing more and more. Um, you know, fortunately the golf courses are still open here. Um, obviously practicing safe guidelines, no food, none of that, basically just straight golf, show up and go play. Um, so it's been nice to kind of get out and hit some balls, play a few holes now and then, but, um, as we get closer, hopefully, you know, health-wise, everything's kind of died down and we're on the, the good upswing and um, I can start to get to pre- prepared a little bit better. Yeah, and, and I think the most interesting thing is going to be when they do formulate the schedule, because this is going to be complete, you know, there's so many things they could do. They could they could say, hey, we're taking so many months off because of uh, the time we lost and we'll just make it a 21 you know, month season, uh, you know, or, or whatever they decide to do to try to figure out, you know, whether it's promotions from Corn Ferry or FedEx Cup points and admission into invitationals. There's so many things, but 
where would you start? Would you start with the majors and would you kind of lock those into a schedule and build around it? Would you, would you figure something else? Would you start with the playoffs? If Adam Hadwin was in charge yeah. of the schedule, what would you do? I just, the first thing I can say is I'm glad I'm not, <laughs> I'm glad I'm yeah. not making these decisions because they're difficult. Um, you know, and, and like you mentioned, some of the hardest things are just, you know, what do you do about, you know, rookies that are on tour um, that haven't gotten, you know, the starts? Because usually they get the bulk of their starts kind of right now towards the end of the season, um, opposite field events, that sort of thing. So what do you do? If they don't have the opportunities, you know, they might feel a little bit jibbed if, you know, if we go into a playoff or something, play into the playoffs or something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's got, we've got some, some tough decisions as a tour uh, going forward for sure. Uh, I don't envy that position, the pack, the board, uh, Jay. Um, if I had to, if I had to say anything, I'd probably say we, as a tour, we should probably align with the sponsors for our tour um, and the events for our tour first. Um, you know, the majors uh, are obviously extremely important and everybody kind of plans their season around those, but they're not run by the tour. They're run by outside organizations and we can only control some of what they do so much. Um, I think that, you know, he's obviously, I think he's going to look to maximize the playing opportunities for our members. Um, you know, the rookies and, and even guys that, um, you know, that may be outside that top 125 right now. Um, they want to get back and play. They, there's no way that they want to, you know, have three events before the end of the season to, and then we're just going to show up in the playoffs or something. So, um, and then like you mentioned, the corn fairy players, I mean, what do they do with their season? Their season has, has been a wipe so far too. And, and there's guys that are in line to get to the next level. There's guys just outside that line. I mean, there's so many moving parts right now. Um, I'm really sort of just a, an innocent spectator at this point, just waiting for somebody to tell me when to go play and, and how we're going to do it and what's going to happen after that. Yeah, look, uh, you know, given the problems of the world, these are probably not the most significant things people have to face. We, we both know that. But, you know, our job here is to provide a little distraction and maybe to get you thinking about some of these things. I would love to see some combined field events. Like I would sit there and say, OK, if we're going to start a colonial, let's call it the colonial Byron Nelson Classic. And let's have 250 guys in the field. and Let's play wow. Thursday down at, at, at Trinity. Uh, you know, for half the field and half the field at okay. Colonial and then flip Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, certain guys who make a certain cut get to go to one course. I don't know. Just this is an opportunity to try some crazy things. Yeah. I mean, we always complain about, oh, gee, there's another, you know, especially around the Olympics, right? We were all saying like, oh, wow, we're going to do four rounds of stroke play. That's really exciting. Um, here's Very a chance cool. to actually do it different, but to get more playing opportunities because there's a lot more to it than just the performance ability of, of you know, it's sponsorship obligations of playing in certain events. It's, it's being able to, to have the, the, the equipment vans near you to be able to work on, on your, your gear. Like getting in an event yeah. is, is big for guys. And the more we, I don't think anyone's going to complain if we have bigger fields. No. And, and they've already come out and, and said that, you know, the Memorial and Colonial have both upped their fields to 144 from 120. Um, you know, obviously those are two invitational events that some of the rookies and, and some guys aren't going to get because of the smaller fields. So they are, you know, trying to do little things like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you there. It would be kind of cool to do something fun. I mean, maybe you do, you know, we miss, we missed the match play this year. Maybe you throw in, um, you know, you bring in 156 or 160 golfers, throw them on two golf courses um, and then take the top 64 or the top 32, whatever it is, and do match play down to get a champion yeah, for totally. that event or something, something different. Yeah, I hear you. 
Yeah, I think that'd be fun. All right, we have a poll up on our uh, Facebook Live here with Adam Hadwin. The favorite club in Adam Hadwin's golf bag, is it the Maverick Driver? Is it a Jaws Wedge? Is it an Apex Iron or your Stroke Lab Odyssey putter? So right now, uh, 67% of people think the Maverick Driver is your favorite club. Uh, 33% are coming in with uh, Jaws. So if I'm doing the math, we, we only got a couple people voting. Um, but <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> it's, the polls are early. There's still plenty of time for your return. I'm not going to let you give your answer yet, but think about that. Okay. Of those think four clubs, okay. uh, or maybe it's an option E that we don't have on there. Um, okay. One thing that we do want, need to talk about, I, is it possible to do an interview with you without uh, mentioning Canada and, and 59? Has that ever been done in the history uh, since you, you did that at uh, – in the desert? Very, very few people get away without asking it, yes. Okay, good. I'm not going to ask him right now, but I'm going to save that for a little later. Okay. But we want to hear from you guys. <laughs> so if you have questions for Adam uh, in the comment section in this Facebook Live, please put your questions in and we will get Adam to answer them. Um, one of the, the things about Augusta is, have you ever been to Augusta in the fall? Have you been, you know, when you've been in the tournament, have you gone and played a practice round early in the year? I haven't, No. Well, I guess the invitations don't normally come out. I've just heard that that's just such a, a, a different vibe than spring, but still pretty magical. Yeah. So to me, there's something exciting. But one of the things is, what if that means that there's two masters in the 2020-2021 wraparound season? That could be kind of bizarre. It would be crazy. Um, and we were, we were speaking about that before we went live. Um, and what do they do? Do they count both towards FedEx? Does one not count? Do they... I mean, certainly you can obviously retroactively add it to this previous year's FedEx Cup if we've already finished a tour championship or something like that. So yeah, exactly. Um, does that make does that make it five majors in the in the next season or six majors? Like I you guess only get three? a green jacket for October to April. That kind of feels like it's it's you know that's yeah, not and then ideal. You hang, and then you got to hang it up in the closet and not wear it again. And I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's not the same. Um, but at the same time. You know, I think at, at this point, anybody that's currently qualified or might otherwise qualify, again, what do they do for qualification before October? Does everybody that wins now get to play in October or do they right. have to wait till April? Or do you get to choose? Yeah. Well, there you go. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you do? Yeah, that gets crazy. You know, that's that's one of the things, you know, and again, we don't want to speculate too much, but like with the U.S. Open, uh, which they, as of today, when we're doing this live on uh, March 31st, they have not announced, uh, you know, a, a change to Wingfoot, but I mean, there's no qualifying. So it kind of would be like the U.S. sort of open, the U.S. open to those who qualified prior to, you know, the shutdown. Like, it just, I don't know how they would even do that. I, I agree with you. Um, I got no idea what, yeah, I mean... Um, I saw that they were, uh, speaking of a postponing, obviously the Olympics got postponed too. And I saw that they, yeah. anybody that's already qualified for them will be qualified for the next one. So how many more athletes then, you know, does somebody, somebody who wasn't previously qualified for these Olympics now have a second chance to qualify and get to go along with the person who was already right. qualified? Yeah. I mean, is, is that what's going to happen for, like you said, we said for the masters or for the U S open or you know, any of these majors, depending on when they get played. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. It'll be, so it'll be interesting. We got a couple questions from Facebook. Owen Sells wants to know your favorite hole at Ledgeview. Oh. Can you tell people where Ledgeview is, who, who, those who don't know? Yeah, it's a golf course I grew up in, Abbotsford, BC. Um, fun fact, Nick Taylor was also a junior member there and still a member there. Him and I grew up in the same town about 10 minutes apart, so it's always pretty cool. Um, when we get to play together on tour, two guys from the same city, same golf course. 
Um, but favorite hole, uh, probably 17. I think 17 is a good hole. It's like a short, maybe 115 to 130 yard, depending on where they put the pin, uh, par three. You got to hit over a gully um, to a pretty severe green. Um, it's a fun hole at the time of the round, and then you finish on a par five. So um, playing a match, a lot can happen in those last couple holes. Yeah, I always think it's fun when you hear about tour pros talk about, like, where they grew up playing the game. What's it like going back there now? Because, I mean, there had to be a period, you know, when you were a junior where, like, some of these holes were like, oh, my goodness, these are, like, the hardest holes on the planet. Now it's like, yeah. you can't wait to see that. No, seriously, you're not like it's, – it's funny. So, Ledgeby's a pretty short golf course. It's only, like, 6,300 yards. It's got a bunch of elevation because um, it's built on the side of a hill. Um, but it was a fun golf course to play. It's tree-lined. Um, in the summertime, when the greens got firm, they got small undulating greens. So you got to be pretty precise. Um, but now going back to play, I mean, I still, I just hit driver everywhere. Um, (laughs) even though it's not anywhere near the play, but it's fun. Um, but now like the first hole is drivable. The 10th hole is drivable. Like the, the second hole, I can hit it down to like 30, 40 yards from the green. Um, it, so it it plays completely different from when I used to as like a 13 year old. And, you know, um, I might've been able to, you know, smash a driver to, you know, if I really hit it good, maybe roll it up five, 10 yards short of the first green, but now it's like an auto wait for the green. You got to wait for it to clear. So um, course plays a lot differently now than it used to, but uh, it's still fun to get back and play every now and then. Nice. All right. We got another question from Nate Morey. If you could, build a course anywhere in the world. And I guess right now you have time to start uh, your fledging architectural design company. Where would you do it? Wow. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'd probably stick to my roots and, and stay in Canada, but maybe somewhere on the coast, maybe like the, the coast of Vancouver Island or something like the, the West coast out on the ocean. I think they've probably got some really good landscape out there. Um, maybe, maybe, try and, uh, you know, replicate like a West coast Cabot links or something like that. Nice. Um, on the coastline. Yeah. I figure it's, it's probably, probably best to do your initial golf course design in your home country. I think that's probably, probably a, a smart thing to do. Yeah. And you're going to get favorable response because everyone's going to be happy that you came back home and did it. Then all of a sudden your reputation yeah. as a great architect, you know, just grows because everybody it's at awesome. home. Yeah. 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 It's really smart. All right. Next question from Russell Turner. Is the technology in the new heads, I'm assuming he means driver, that much better? Or is it all the fitting process updates? I'm hitting an older driver, but messed with adjustments, and he's smashing it. Well, congratulations that you're smashing wow. it, Russell. Maybe he's too driving the, uh, the, the first hole he, at LA. He figured it out. Yeah. yeah. We, he, yeah he, figured, he, didn't even, he doesn't need my health. He's already figured it out. <laughs> no, no, for no, sure. I mean, but I, uh, he does I mean, need I don't, I don't, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how old of a driver, Russell, that you're using, but um certainly the technology has gotten much better um with the um i'm probably the worst guy to see. i'm glad you're on this podcast or this live stream here with me jeff because yeah. you can anything that i mess up you can you can add in here but um the um not it's not the flash face the two is it what were the two bars jailbreak guys, jailbreak technology yeah. yes thank you so that when that, that jailbreak, tech, yeah, when that came in, it definitely made that face more stable. Um, I think it definitely helps on those off-center hits. It doesn't spin as much, and it doesn't go as far offline. Um, 
And what I really like actually about this new uh, is the three wood. Um, the, the, uh, this new Maverick three wood has got a, um, a more, the leading edge on the bottom of the three wood is a little bit tighter. And so it allows you to get underneath the golf ball better in the fairway, which then allows you to obviously hit it a little bit higher um, off the deck with a three wood. So uh, it also, what I have found, I've only used it for one tournament round. Right. But, I remember you saying you just <laughs> were going to add it at, at the players. Seriously. I, I switched into both Maverick driver and three wood at the players and only got one round in it. But yeah. um, what I did find though is off the fairway, because it's a little bit easier to get underneath the golf ball. You got a, you got an example here you can show us. I do. Well, I, mine is different. So I'm, I'm going to take your, your, your analogy to the next level. I ended up going with the three plus. Okay. Um, and the reason is because like you said, the, the, the leading edge of it, I got to figure out how to show this. It's, yeah. it's so easy to get the yeah. ball up that, that I could actually go to the three plus and my golf course is similar like to Ledgeview. And I mean, my goodness, this thing just goes forever and it yeah. still gets up in the air, but it goes further than, than say a standard three. And this is a three yeah. plus max. So for me, it's right. max forgiveness because you've seen my swing. It's not very good. I need, yeah. I need as well, much forgiveness as I can get. Hey, you gotta, you gotta play what's right for you, Jeff. Exactly. So, exactly. But, but that's but exactly what you were saying there. Um, I'm able to, I'm able to keep the same loft as my old three wood, but hit it higher off the deck, which yeah. is, which is magic in a three wood. I mean, that's, that's what you're looking for. And then obviously off the tee, nothing changes. It still comes out as a bullet and flies forever. And, and so many people say that the three woods, the hardest club to fit. And that once you find one, you're, you're, you're yeah. hesitant to kind of give them up. Um, what's been amazing to me, and we have a piece of content out on CallawayGolf.com about sort of initial reactions of tour pros, you know, with Leishman, with Dylan Fratelli, uh, so many players talking about this three wood that it's like they just hit it right away. And it was like, that's it. Like, okay, that's, yeah. that's pretty easy. Was it a similar experience for you? Yeah, very similar. I'm not surprised at all to hear that. Um, I, it, it didn't take long at all. I, as soon as we, as soon as we found, I mean, the head was, was no issue. As soon as we fit, uh, found the right settings and the launch and stuff like that, it was, I was ready to go. I, I, when I left Phoenix, uh, to go to the players, I didn't even bring my old three wood. That's, yeah, how, that's what you said. That's how confident I was in switching. I basically went and I said, well, this one is coming off the way I want it to. So I'm not going to, not going to switch now. So. Perfect. All right. We have an update on our poll question. What is Adam Hadwin's favorite club in the, in the bag? We have a lot more votes now. Uh, Apex Irons, 22%. Jaws MD5 Wedge, 22%. The Maverick Driver, 22%. Odyssey Stroke Lab Putter, 33%. And I think Other, which is the fairway wood, just got a huge pump based on what we were just talking about <laughs> right now. Uh, right now, the putter leading the way. Uh, a couple cool pieces of content. Um, I don't know if everyone has time to watch them now. Is we uh, Right bef uh, before we, or the day after we shot with you, we shot with Phil. And we yeah. got the uh, top tracer and Phil showed us how he hits bombs, uh, both his sort of fairway finding bomb. And then when he uses, he actually uses it. I didn't know this a different tee for each of his tee shots. So he I has the that. black tee when he's going to, you know, go, go far. So you want to check that one out. And also really cool fitting room podcast that Nate uh, Adelman hosts that uh, talked a lot about tinkering that kind of gone wrong. And then what you should have done to kind of make the tinkering go right. So for those of you who are okay. club tinkerers, you want to check those out. All right. Morgan so Plum wants to ask, how many wedges do you hit on the range before a tournament? I guess maybe on a warm-up day during a during a Thursday, Friday, not a practice day. 
Okay. Uh, just warming up. Uh, probably. I mean, I don't hit a lot of balls to warm up in general. Um, you know, most of the warm up. I mean, most of the guys do a, a trailer warm up or a, in, in the gym warm up to get to get everything loose. Um, so by the time you hit the range, I mean, I might only hit, I don't know, maybe 45 golf balls before going to play, um, of which probably 10 to 15 would be wedges, I would say. And those work up. I mean, I'll start with little 30, 40 yard uh, wedge shots and kind of work my way up to hitting, you know, a few, a few full wedges um, before going up into the bag, but um, not during warm up or just kind of doing during like a practice session or something certainly it'll be I don't know probably 20% maybe will be wedges different yardages different targets um and then I'll also have like designated practice days where it's like okay we're going to do some wedge work today and we'll set up cones or depending on what the range is like we can laser a number of different pins and then that's when we really start hitting all the different yardages and different clubs and half shots and full shots and, and all that sort of stuff. So you might, you might run through 60, 70, 80 balls doing that. Yeah. I saw that at Napa uh, when you were practicing, it was like 4,000 degrees and there was a little bit of elevation at that golf course. And I thought it was really cool. I think I forget which side of the range you and your caddy went on, but you guys were, you, you had your, your targets lined up and you were, I don't know if you were trying to just adjust for the, the conditions, whether it was the heat and the altitude there, or maybe it was new wedges because that's the week that jaws came out. Um, yeah. But it, it was really interesting to watch you practice the wedges. How often do you do those kind of deep dive wedge practice days? Um. We might do them maybe only once every couple of weeks, two, three weeks um, while touring and playing. Um, if I'm home for a week, I'd like to try and at least get one of those days in. Um, it's just so important. Um, and, you know, you might not often find yourself with like a 30, 40 or 50 yard wedge shot because typically, you know, if we're going to lay up on a par five, we're going to lay up to a, a number that we're comfortable with a full yardage, probably 90 or 100 yards or something like that. Um, but it's those times where you end up with that 30 or 40 or 50 yard pitch. They're typically kind of an uncomfortable yardage. Um, and they usually pop up in the, in the most stressful of situations when you need to get up and down or, you know, you're trying to finish off the tournament well or something like that, make the cut maybe. And so, uh, you know, those shots become pretty important round savers, really. Um, you may not be, um, you know, you may not be making a ton of birdies or something, but just getting up and down for par from 30, 30 yards after hitting a bad tee shot or something, one hole can, can really keep momentum going and around. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just an awkward shot. So to, to be, the more comfortable you are with it, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, it makes sense. All right, Adam, we're going to have you answer that initial poll question. What is the favorite club in your bag? And then we're going to go to one more poll before we get out of here. So what, what is the answer? Um, well, as good as the driver is and as good as I was hitting it before we got laid off um, and the irons and the wedges, you know, I have to say the putter. Um, hmm. The, my, uh, my little, my, what is it? The double wide stroke lab putter yep. is, uh, is, is my go-to. It, it's made me, it's made me all my money. It's, it's, um, it's one of the, probably the biggest reasons why I am the player who I am right now. So. And fun fact, 36% of people, the largest majority uh, of the selectors got it right. So well done people. Uh, you know, they probably got it cause they were, they're following Odyssey golf uh, on social and they saw your yeah. putting tip. You, you did a little yeah. speed drill 
that we put out over the weekend so people can be, uh, but they saw that, that stroke club putter, so they knew that. Yeah. Um, one other thing while we have everybody is on the Callaway Golf Podcast. If you haven't subscribed, uh, please do wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, and rate and review the podcast. Uh, review Adam, not me, but uh, review the podcast. Let <laughs> us know what you think and uh, tell people about it. We're going to be doing these uh, a ton while the tour is sort of on this break. Uh, upcoming players, Thursday, we have a special uh, happy hour edition, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific with Maverick McNeely. Uh, so mm -hmm. that'll be fun. And then next week, I'm really excited for this on Monday. Do you play any instruments, Adam? Uh, I No. Monday morning on the West Coast at 9 a.m., Eric Van Royen's going to join us, oh, awesome. and it's Music Monday. And have you seen his guitar videos that he's been putting out on Twitter? I've, I've seen a couple of them. He's pretty, pretty oh talented. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I, I want everyone to uh, hit us up on Callaway Social. Let us know what songs you want Eric to play so I can try to give him a little bit of a list. Um, and, and then, look, we're going to take requests live, and we'll see how he does, kind of putting him on the spot and stuff like that. Have you played any, any tournaments with him, any practice rounds with him or anything? Um. You know, that's a good question. I, I'm pretty sure that I've played with him. Um, the only thing I was going to say was make sure he wears those joggers. Oh, for, it, sure. for it, sure. Like he, he has to at this point. I I'm, think. I'm, I'm wearing joggers when I do the interview with him as well. I'm not playing any music or anything, <laughs> but you got to, like, you, you know, it's, it's just sort yeah. of a tribute thing that you got to do. Any, any songs you, you'd request him to, to play on the guitar? Um, man, you know, the music that I've, I've listened to over the last little bit is, is not exactly guitar based. Yeah. Um, because he's playing electric guitar too, right? He's playing electric. I mean, he, he absolutely like played you, ACDC, you shook me all night long yeah. and just absolutely like rocked the place. It was amazing. So, yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping we yeah. get into that, especially at that'd, nine o'clock in the morning cool. for me. Yeah. That'd be cool. That's going to wake Miles the cat up for sure. All right. Uh, we have uh, <laughs> another question from Nate Morris. Are there any at-home workouts or routines you're doing to help with your drives? They must be talking about your prodigious driver uh, length? length that you exhibit on yeah. the course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, before I answer, is that an Emmy in the background there? That is. That is. Is, it, is that strategically placed there? It is strategically placed because it's blocking yeah. some other things that I don't really want to uh, be shown. No, <laughs> we, we made a full home studio of this. I got Phil and Tiger in the background, which that's been in the yeah. news the last couple of days, hasn't it? I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. Seems before like we, before we jump into that, let me answer this question. Um, the, the answer to the question is yes. Um, I've continued to try and stay sharp physically, obviously with everything being shut down. Um, we've had to go to kind of in-home workouts. Um, before things, uh, shut down, I went to Dick's Sporting Goods and I, and I, so I asked my trainer, I told him this is what I have currently. Um, obviously things are things are shut down. The gyms are shut down. What do I need? What do you want me to have for the house? I mean, so I have a pair of 25 pound dumbbells. Um, I have a band that I, that I travel with um, every week anyways, and I have a six pound med ball. So out of those three options, he basically built me a routine um, nice. to continue working on. Yeah. Um, so very minimalist. Um, so that we're doing a lot of, uh, a lot of, I would say body weight uh, power or um, explosiveness stuff. So, you know, plyometrics, plyo push-ups, and lunge jumps and um, things like that mixed in with some, you know, some dumbbell circuit with the 25 pound weights and stuff. Um, so little things like that. Um, I'm lucky here in Kansas to have like a storm shelter in our basement, um, basically a concrete block room. So uh, I've never had a place to actually do med ball throws or anything like that when I've been on the road. Right. And, and so it's, 
kind of nice. Um, so I can go in that room and throw the ball as hard as I want and, and know that I'm not going to do any damage to the walls. So Yeah, they frown upon that when you're at hotels, right? Like the Ritz-Carlton Kapalua yeah. frowns upon the, the med ball against the, the neighbor's wall, don't they? Typically, yes. Um, and then at places like that, you think about, you know, the damage deposit that you may have to put down. If something that's like true. That happens, that's so. that's yeah. It's probably not worth it. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Like I told you before, I've been just doing the Peloton every day and uh, yep. trying to trying to get in shape. It's it's crazy because you know, like like your point of of if you don't have the gear at home now, you're you're almost kind of stuck. But there are a ton of great body work or body weight uh, exercises out there that that people can do to oh, try yeah. to get routines. And just walking. I mean, all we do is walk around. Yeah. There. Like well, just, like the closing yeah, the rings I mean, happens by like noon. Oh yeah, yeah, and just just you know, get outside, go for a run. Um, you know, depending on where you are and enjoy some sunshine. Hopefully the, the weather's warm in order to do that. But yeah, I mean, what has been, um, you know, fun to see during this time is that, you know, everybody has moved online. I mean, look, you know, we're, we're doing this podcast right now. Um, you know, typically I might be in, be in a studio with you or something like that. And we're, yep. we're doing it uh, from across the country and, you know, trainers putting everything online and, and trying to make it as easy as possible for, for people to follow. And um, it's, you know, you got to try and try and stay as positive as possible. And, and, um, you know, like you, like you said, try and be in some sort of routine, right? Whether it's, yeah, uh, for sure. So for sure. All right. We got a second poll question up. Uh, and I think this is a trick question. What part of Adam Hadwin's game was locked in the most during his 59? Well, I mean, it's everything, but if we're going to pick the most, it would be driving, irons, short game, or putting. So we'll get to that answer in a few minutes, um, before we, we end this with Adam Hadwin, but, I mean, it's got to be everything because you don't shoot 59 with, uh, without something yeah. kind of going your way. Well, I'm, I'm shocked that there's not an, like an E option there of everything. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to have to, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go back and like pick out what, what the best thing was. Cause I, mean, I actually have to think about that for a second. But. It was, it, it was all pretty good from what I remember. I remember I was sitting at home watching it on TV right now and, uh, yeah. It was pretty crazy. By the way, uh, uh, Jen Turk is helping us out. There's only four spots available, so we couldn't put an E. Oh, come on, well, Facebook, give us a give us a fifth spot for all of the above. Honestly. All right, we'll, we'll we'll get them going on that. A uh, couple more questions I had for you. So, a, a, as you kind of look at at what the future kind of would would bring, and let's just let's use this this colonial scenario as as the most likely. How often do you think you'll play? Because because you know everyone has their cadence of whether it's, you know, I play two, then one off or three in a row, then one off or whatever, depending on what they do when the playoffs start or don't start, if they roll it into a whole nother year, will that influence how you play? Or will you just say, no, this is, this was my plan going into the year. I'm going to keep kind of stick to the plan. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, honestly, I, I haven't even thought about that yet. Um, whether I might play a little bit more to, because we haven't played, it, it may depend a little bit on, uh, what they're going to do as far as playoffs go. And I mean, if we start in May and, you know, we just run through the season, I may have to, you know, maybe add, cause I haven't played much this year. Um, you know, our daughter was born second week of January, January 8th. So um, I've only played since the beginning of January. I think I've only played four times and then the one round of the players. So, uh, you know, um, I might have to look at maybe adding a couple, maybe that I wasn't, considering I mean you know you I, I don't want to say this but it kind of helps with the Olympics not being played this year now um, yeah. depending on how the schedule kind of plays out because that was because of the travel 
um, between the British and the, in the Olympics. And it was going to be a little bit more difficult. There were going to be some events that I would have had to skip. So I could probably add a couple of events just because of that now, because the travel will be a lot easier. So I still kind of stuck in the, in a bit of that wait and see game. Um, it's certainly, I got to imagine that, you know, those first few events out of the gate are going to be, uh, some of the best field. Oh, my dog's going to make an appearance here. Oh, he's nice. bringing me his toy. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna what kind of dog appearance. do we have here? We got a Cavalier here. Let me see if I can see if I can get him here. No, oh, he's too skittish. Oh. Um, I would bring but, miles in, uh, but miles is on his fifth nap of the day. <laughs> um, yeah, we just kind of a, a bit of a wait and see and, um, here, <laughs> see, you can see him there. Hey, what's there going is. on? <laughs> <laughs> That's Brad with our little, uh, he's, uh, uh, he's a Cavapuchon. So, nice. um, mainly Cavalier, but, um, uh, mainly Cavalier mixed with a little poodle and a little Bichon. Oh, All you right. got yours well, coming? Look who's oh, showing up. Here's Miles, the Siamese cat. Paige just oh, brought him in here. Come here. He's 18. He just woke up from, uh, yet another. There day. we go. There we go. Look. We'll turn, oh, wow. We'll look turn at that. In, we'll turn it into an animal show. Yeah, well, I am watching Tiger King, so <laughs> and you are too. We're all the exact yeah, exactly. same episode. What a crazy series that crazy. is! Holy, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I think those first few events back will probably have the best fields they've ever had because guys are going right. to be, you know, Figure ready on. to get going, um, which will make it even harder for guys to get into the field um, that might not have otherwise done it. But um, okay, go find your mom. Miles is gone. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, just kind of a wait and see game. Um, we're going to, you know, uh, I, I hopefully in the next couple of weeks, they're going to continue to speak to us about their plan and, you know, what their idea for the, for the events are shaping up to be. You know, if we mm -hmm. start May 18th, this is what it's going to look like. Obviously, the PGA has been postponed, so there's an open week right after Colonial. So yep. are they going to add one of the events that we missed? that week you know is eight is uh, byron nelson just going to be played the week after right there well you know i haven't played in so long i have you know i haven't played byron nelson for a few years that might be an event that i just go down the street because i haven't played in so long um yeah so it'll be interesting and then obviously depending on you know the events uh after that you know maybe texas is looking a lot better than detroit or something like that at the time so maybe detroit might have to get pushed back or Maybe they do a one year, they move the Quicken Loans to it. I mean, right. you know, yeah, maybe knows? they can move it to a different area or, you know, I mean, if I, had to, if I really had to speculate, I think we're going to start without fans. Um, yeah. if, I, if I had to guess, I mean, I think they're going to want to get us back as soon as possible, get sports in front of people to kind of give them some sort of a distraction. Um, even, if it's, even if it's fanless run, you know, on a bare bones event, but um, it's, I mean, there's just so many variables and unknowns. It's yeah, just, and they've and they've proven with PGA Tour Live that they can cover yeah. golf with very minimal, you know, would be safe working conditions. You know, Phil and Tiger are supposedly working on trying to trying to get that thing going, which which could be kind of cool. Um, so, last couple things before we let you go, uh, we do have the poll question: What part of Adam Hadwin's game was most locked in during this 59? We all agree it's E, but 60% of the folks are saying putting, 20% short game. 20% iron. It's not one person saying you're driving. I guess they've, they've all played out in the <laughs> desert and they're like, you don't really even need a driver out there. <laughs> yeah, you just got to keep it in play. Right. Um, no, I mean, honestly, everything was, was clearly working that day. Yeah. Um, you know, I hit it well. 
Um, but I mean, I think it, I think it really comes down to the putting um, at the end of the day. Uh, it doesn't matter how well you hit it. You could hit 18 greens inside 15 feet and, and still not shoot 59 if you don't make the putts right. So um, I made a lot, I made my fair share of putts that day for sure. Um, obviously you've got to hit good iron shots to set that up, but um, you know, it was, it was definitely one of those days where I was doing the same thing that I do every other round, but for whatever mm -hmm. reason, it, they just kept going in that day. Yeah, for sure. It was so much fun to watch. Uh, so Tiger King, we, we talked about it. We're both yeah. three episodes in. We're not going to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. Are you upset with yourself that you're watching this? Are you happy you're watching this? Do you think this is only watchable because of the time that we're in? Like, what, what are, what are your like, thoughts on it? I feel like it's like a car accident. You just can't look away. Um, you know, you want to. You know you shouldn't be watching this kind of stuff, but you, you can't look yeah. away at this point. Um, I mean – you know, I was telling you earlier, like I sit there with my, with my jaw just wide open during every episode thinking like, is this actual real life? Like this is going on right now. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I, I guess it's just me being naive, but I had no idea that, you know, there were so many captive tigers in the U S and people <laughs> had them as pets and, you know, you know, you could walk down your neighborhood and it's like, all of a sudden there's a lion on the loose or something like that. I mean, it just, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it seems so crazy, but, um, it's, it's certainly, it's a nice little break, um, from everything else that's going on. Um, yeah, it definitely, right now and, and it definitely like, you know, you're watching it and like, to me, it's, it's like the lions and the tigers are shocking, but like people who have like these, like the black panthers and the snow leopards yeah. and like the mountain lions, like those are like the most deadly animals on the planet. Some of these snakes. And it's just like, like, really? Like that's, that's what you're choosing to do. I, I, I don't get it. But I yeah, can't wait to well, watch episode and, four later. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, I mean, people are buying puppies that are more expensive than a tiger, yeah. you know, like they're, yeah. they're saying that, oh, you got a tiger cup for a couple thousand. It's like, well, hold on a second here. Like purebred, certain purebred dogs are going for three and 4,000. Yeah. How is it a dog more expensive than a lion? Yeah. Like it makes no sense. Yeah. And then, and then to hear the things where they're saying like, oh, they're only, only valuable to them when they're cubs. And then after that, they just kind of got to yeah. deal with them and how much money they cost to spend oh. Uh, to feed them. I mean, I, I had to feed Miles the cat like six six breakfasts this morning. It was like two cans, yeah. and I'm like fretting about that. Imagine like all the food these guys. It's Seriously. it's bizarre. Well, it's and, bizarre. and you can and you can obviously just assume how poorly they're probably being treated after that. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, sure. like you said. I mean, how how expensive it would be to upkeep and properly upkeep a lion or a tiger after they're really of no use to you. I mean, nobody's yeah. going to really care about them at that point. So, which is kind of unfortunate. All right. Well, maybe uh, after we both watch the series, we'll do a uh, to kind of binge mode, deep dive, hour, you know, six hour long podcast where we break down every scene of uh, Tiger Kick. Probably not, though. Yeah, probably not. Uh, we, probably, we have the time. Probably not, but I definitely think that you could probably dive into it for six hours and, and, yeah. and yeah. have content for sure. For sure. We don't maybe maybe I'll, I'll make Maverick McNeely do that with me on on Thursday. He's going to be joining the Callaway Golf Podcast. Thursday at 5 p.m. Then Eric Van Royen uh, next week for a special Music Monday, 9 a.m. in the morning on the West Coast, noon uh, East Coast. It's going to be really loud electric guitar for this room. The cat will not be in here during uh, <laughs> that performance. Adam Hedwin, thanks so much as always for spending some time with us. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's, that's been the Callaway Golf Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for all your questions, uh, the great questions on Facebook, for responding to those polls. Uh, polls. I'm thinking about going to my pool right now if it gets a little bit warmer out here. Thanks, Jen Turk, for doing all the work behind the scenes. We will see you Thursday with Maverick McNeil.